On this episode of the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast, John Maddox sits down with skater-turned-mortgage expert, John South. The two speak about creativity, risk, and reward when skating and funding million-dollar deals. Welcome to the Million Dollar Mortgage Experience Podcast. Listen in as CEO John Maddox of Fund Loans reveals tips, secrets, and origination ideas to fill your pipeline with million-dollar opportunities. Welcome to the show. Before I forget, please hit that subscribe button so you get all of our awesome podcasts into your feed. So I'm here with Jay South, but you go by John John also. I did growing up. In your skater days. So with my friends, yes. No say of the matter. Mom called me that before I could walk or talk. So John John. John John. Yeah. That's cool. That sounds like uh, something my kids would have said when they were four or five. <laughs> dad, 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 dad. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I didn't choose it. <laughs> so, but it stuck. Yeah, it did. And kind of got you... That's just what people called you when you were doing your sponsored skating and all that good stuff. Yeah, contest. That's how I was announced. John John South. So, so I've seen you skate. I actually uh, had you come over and skate my ramp, which I don't skate anymore because I broke my hand skateboarding, and my <laughs> wife will not let me. I think a lot of uh, mortgage brokers in their past have skated. I mean, I think we talked about the average age of a, of a broker was, what, 54? 54. Right? So, you know, skating was really big back when we were young. You know, it was like blowing mm-hmm. up, like Tony Hawk, Caballero, all those guys. Yeah. But it evolved, right? And got in like a lot more, like the street skating that we had back then were, were these kind of weird dudes doing like funky spins around, like acrobatics on their skateboard. Do you remember those guys like Rodney Mullen and stuff? Yeah. But they, they laid the groundwork for kind of what you you did and like what a lot of people ended up skating. Um, but I think that, you know, I thought it would be interesting to talk about skating and how it kind of relates to mm-hmm. you as, as a, you know, someone that does big jumbo loans and mm-hmm. take some risk and stuff like that. So tell me, like, how old were you when you got your board? Because I know at a young age, I saw your video of like you were like, what, 15, but you were already almost pro at that point. I think I got my first board maybe around like six or seven years old, probably. It wasn't um, a banana board, I'd take it though, right? No. <laughs> it was pretty close though. It was a uh, Flex Deck. I don't know. You, I don't know if you remember Flex Deck. They're old companies. They're kind of so. like a penny board a little bit? They, they were like the first pennies where a penny was even around. And right. Things were just like trampolines essentially in the yeah. middle. And it was at some dude's office and he didn't want to give it away, but I just kept on pushing at him. And eventually right. my mom convinced him to let me have the board and started skating with that. And my aunt knew like Kelly Slater growing up and I was in Florida at the time when I was born in West Palm Beach and from good there good place to skate good place to skate except it's very hot and yeah. very humid <laughs> seriously <laughs> but um I just got kind of engulfed in the the environment and I had really good people around me to give me boards all my stuff came pretty much free and that's what I did every single day as I went to the skate park just every day every day probably from six until I was 18 and started surfing skating almost every day so you're probably a big believer in the 10,000 hours theory right like yeah just... definitely i mean stuff clicks after a certain time even if you don't see how it will but you've right. enough time but i think you must have had a little bit of dna uh, whether it was balance or whether it was risk taking or mm-hmm. something else right because certain there are certain people that just could never get as good as you were and i'm not trying to you know 
talked you up too much, but I'm just saying, like, you did have, you have some, uh, some different ingredients that, that, uh, yeah. I think, you know, I think there's something to someone can learn and become really great, but right. That there's other people that just kind of just have a knack for really it. Click for it. Yeah, yeah. I think that everyone has that. So where I fall short in a lot of other areas, that person's going to click with that. For me, right. it was skating. You know, my father traveled the world surfing, was very close to going pro, didn't end up going pro. So that might have something to do with it, with his mm-hmm. genetics. And we've always all just been very, um, we always had a, a good sense of balance, I guess. And I think yeah. that's what comes along with any board sport. So surfing, snowboarding, skating, mm-hmm. all was supernatural to me. And um, were you, were you short, like growing up? How small, very, very yeah. small, late bloomer, didn't, didn't grow for a while. Um, I think it helped me though, because I'd see my bigger friends. Yeah. When they fell, they fell. Right. Right. They, right. they get hurt. But I was so close to the ground, if like I'd just roll out of it and <laughs> get right back up, I'd be able to go. <laughs> True. I was the same way. They called me Little John because I was like, yeah. so like, I don't think I hit puberty till I was out of high school. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was kind of the same way. <laughs> no, but like, it's true. Like, I, I think it was, I was like a junior, maybe summer of my sophomore year when I started like actually hitting that. You know, like I was probably the same. Definitely not freshman year for yeah. me. Yeah, so same way. I was like five foot tall as a freshman. I was small. Yeah, I was probably the same exact height. <laughs> but <laughs> I was same. really good at skating. Like, yeah. uh, I just had a knack for it too. And and the, I think the key was that I loved it. Not, and and yeah. I just do it all the time. When you love something and you do it out of just like passion, I think you just become better because of that interest that you have. Like if you're doing something just to do it and then you're not really that interested into it, you kind of like can well, like. When you're interested and have passion for it, it's right. not like you're working towards getting better. You're enjoying it and having so much fun that you just naturally progress with it. Right. So, because um, you're not being that's how it was. I was going out and having fun, and it happens that you get better when you do something every single day. But right. It wasn't like I was like playing chess or doing something. I was like, I need to be able to be this good. And it was like right. a job. It was just right. fun. It's passion. Yeah, like when my, my son first started skating, he was like, Dad, I want to do an ollie. I want to do a kickflip. I was like, mm-hmm. let's just ride. Let's go ride. Cause you got to get you, the board you, control first. Yeah. And if you can't just you know cruise and just enjoy doing that and you just want to get around on your board mm-hmm. then you're not going to have the skill to land and to, to you know if you're if you're a little off to be able to balance yourself mm-hmm. back before you do an ollie because you can do an ollie but then can you do it when you're riding or can you do it when you're down any you know? stairs or anything right. like that yeah no it's huge to get the board control first that's what helped me so much because i started out with vert so mm-hmm. i naturally had board control from that and went to balance. street it Correlated well for my friends that went the other way, where they started out with street skating, mm-hmm. and we tried to take them to a transition like a pool or anything, right. and they were like, you know, a, a rat in water or something, couldn't, didn't know what they're doing. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, did you, when you got into loans and mortgages, did did you naturally just like go towards a certain type of loan, or did you just just want to make money? Obviously, and... I knew I wanted to do jumbo, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, how was it? Because the, the uh, payout, or what was yeah, like? Yeah, definitely the commissions, and um, was it more yeah, interesting? It's way more interesting because I started out with FHA and conventional and just whatever I could get. I was a new right. loan officer. I'm very young. It's not easy to get business. So mm-hmm. naturally those are the easiest clients to get at first. Yep. First time. And they're buyers. either harder, just as hard as like a qualified non-QM jumbo mm-hmm. loan or that type of client. Right. As well as that type of client is a little bit more educated. They can get you stuff a little bit. They're more responsive and it's less kind of hand-holding mm-hmm. as the FHA and conventional I saw. Cause, mm-hmm. And they're spreading themselves very thin. You know, with the jumbo loans, sure, that has to be non-QM. Mm-hmm. They have tons of money in the bank. They have a lot of skin in the game. 
they're usually just have pretty some weird reason people. why they're not getting a exactly. loan in the bank. Yeah, and that's what's fun is determining what that is and how to get past it. And then mm-hmm. when that thing closes, way more gratifying. Like landing a good trick, right? You know, they let's talk work about really those because I know you've you've kind of invented a trick before, right? At least one, maybe two. Yeah, <laughs> just a couple weird ones. <laughs> but like you know, landing a good trick is is definitely gratifying. Like it, it can almost be addicting in a way. Like if you're because you because I see people. You go to the skate park. I've been to the skate park with my kids, and I just remember from my past, like going to the skate park and seeing people over and over fail 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 mm. fail they land it and then they're like yes you know or, yeah i mean y- y- sometimes i'm like are you ever going to do something that you can land you know but people are trying to do things that you know they that they're trying to push themselves right and if you're not pushing yourself you're not i don't know for me it's like i was getting hurt a lot but if you're not getting hurt you're probably not pushing yourself to that extent which right. um Obviously, you don't go way outside your means to something that you know you can't do. <laughs> Try to do 720. But, yeah. But, um, Have you ever attempted a, a 360 air? Or like yeah, on, on a vert? yeah. Definitely. The 360s were fine. And what about 540? 540, but really? never anything else. And I'd always come up fakie, so it's easier because you land. It, it makes more sense if you're doing that way for me personally. Going backwards and then doing a 360? It's just the way you pop. I, it came off. I didn't like hitting the railing. I liked to mm-hmm. pop before, so mm-hmm. that would work for me. But... Um, Um, I think just back to your original question with the failing, it doesn't even feel like failing. You're just going to, you get closer and closer. And then if you do the same thing a couple of times, you know, don't do that anymore. So you're kind of just refining your, it's like, it's like the Edison quote saying like, I didn't fail on making a light bulb a thousand times, figured out a thousand ways not to make a light bulb work or whatever it is. And that's probably what it is with skating. And that feeling, once you finally do it, it's like the best feeling in the world. Probably. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Because and and then it's rewarding because of the, the barrier to entry of that particular mm. trick, right? Like when you know you can do it and then you see other people, you know, trying, mm-hmm. you know, just there's a reward to that, I think, right? Like, you know, when you, when you, when you surf a huge wave or you, you know, we can talk about closing, close a big loan. I think you closed a three and a half million dollar loan recently, mm-hmm. like doing that. It, it, not everyone d- does that. Not everyone you know, mm. not every loan officer you know have closed three and a half million dollar loans, right? I mean, maybe here or like, you know, in, in, in LA or something like that. But, you know, across the, the country and people listening, maybe they're like, I don't know. I've never closed even a loan, you know, over a million, right? Like, yeah. so that's kind of rewarding to feel it. So when you did that, did you want to do more? Obviously, you were like, obviously, right, yeah. yeah. And I feel like that bar gets set, right? So now that's got to be like the average where I want to fund only over million dollar loans now. Where at first, before you do that, it's like, oh, I don't even know if that's possible. Right. But it's like every trick you do with skating, you get at it enough. And for whatever reason, you'll be trying it for 150 tries and it won't work. And then it just clicks. And now you can do it every single time so interesting with business i think it's the same way it's like going after that next referral source or whatever it is it might seem very scary but the more you keep on doing it mm-hmm. probably gonna let's happen. talk about referral sources because that's huge when it comes to jumbo lending i think with uh, mm-hmm. because they're not easy to find those three and a half million dollar loans they just fall in your lap you don't just get you're not like sitting at a, com- a company where those calls just come in you're you not know, at quick in and then you right. get a, call. <laughs> a three and a half million dollar call <laughs> no. exactly so i mean like what what kind of referral sources do you have uh, mainly hard money and private money and uh, commercial. Mm-hmm. So 
the main referral source I have right now is all commercial lending, yet all of his clients need an outlet for the residential. And if you can partner up with someone like that, that's going to be a great referral source for you. Or private money as well. Private money and non-QM almost go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So those ones are very good as well. And a lot of private money people don't have their NMLS, so they can't really do They can't resume. do owner auc. They yeah. can't do, and sometimes it's just, you know, it's just morally saying like, hey, I could do this alone, but I know you can get them a way better rate. And you give them the stuff that they can't do as well. So right. I do think that those relationships are really good, especially for jumbo and non-QM. Because a lot of those people, they think that, that that's their only option is private and hard money. It's so true. And especially, I mean... I think when we started fund loans, that was very, very true because mm-hmm. back then there wasn't a whole lot of other non-QM lenders. There was only a couple, really. Citadel, and they were actually hard money rates even back then. Yeah. You know, so it was like, well, I already have hard money. I don't know if I, why did I, why did I want to go to Citadel? But um, so what's the craziest or hardest skate trick you've ever done? I get that question a lot. I think every skater does, and anyone listening knows that question, and nobody knows how to answer that question. Because really? each trick is so different, and so it's scary in such a different way that mm-hmm. it's so hard to put that. Like, I've had tricks that are just down, like, just on a flat ledge that are almost as scary as when I'm throwing myself down a 14 or 16 stair. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just weird. It's just your brain trying to figure out how, how to land that trick. So for one, it was a hard flip down a 14, and my third try... Wait, wait, wait. you said 14. Is that 14, 14 steps? 14, sir. Yeah. That and would I, be scary to just run and jump down 14 <laughs> steps. That was very... It's a little nerve-wracking, but I really like drops um, throughout growing up and skating, but I ended up breaking my foot, and I was out for like four months. That four months later, I went back, and I landed it on like my second or third try. So that feeling... Well, when you don't land a 14 stair <laughs> drop, you would probably break your leg or whatever, it depends. Right? It's like, if you're not... Because I have to envision everything before I do it. So yeah. if you can't see yourself landing it in your head, don't try it. Because if you see yourself falling, you're most likely going to fall. More times than not, when you bail too, you get more hurt than when you commit. So it's mm-hmm. all getting your mindset right before you even try the trick. And that time I was going way too slow. I had that feeling that I wasn't going to land it. And of course, everything went wrong. Mm. So recovering and then going back and landing it, it's like the most gratifying feeling in the entire world so how did you get the courage back after you hurt yourself for took took yourself out for four months to really risk it again that's all i thought about the whole four months you're like damn it i didn't do it i gotta do it it wasn't an option how quickly can i go back and land it and get it on film and be okay it's like a competition at that point it's a game on and you're in competition with yourself right oh self-confidence yeah 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 100 so you have to have some optimism like you have to believe that you can do this stuff like you can't just oh, yeah. be a pessimist and be like oh man here i go <laughs> i'm not You're gonna a delusional do optimist honestly <laughs> you have to yeah you have to just be like i'm freaking i can fly and i'm just gonna do yeah. this and land it and you can envision you yourself get, doing it and you also get that confidence from just experience right like just from doing it and doing it and doing kind of like if you've done 10 three million dollar loans you you're gonna do the next one without even blinking that's super true actually yeah so if you do that enough to where you push yourself over that edge where it's a new trick and you're very scared but mm-hmm. you've done it mm-hmm. each time that gets a little bit easier right so i would definitely agree with you that each loan's going to get easier at that amount because you already know you can do them right so it's not as much of a 
jump, I guess. Right. I was just at the Brokers uh, AIM conference, the Fuse conference with, you know, brokers are better, hashtag brokers are better. And and I had some people come up to me that listen to the podcast and they're like, yeah, you know, I I just, I don't, I don't ever get big, big jumbo loans. Like, where can I get them? And mm-hmm. I started telling them, you know, where to get them and kind of how to, how to get them. And I said, watch some of our million dollar mortgage minutes because you can, mm-hmm. there's a lot of ideas that we threw out, you know, we throw out there on how to get those type of loans. But I mean, when you're, and I think some people are just scared to do it because they think they're going to fail, you know, they're going to screw it up, which then they're going to screw yeah. up their relationship, like with their realtor or whatever referral partner they have. Mm-hmm. So what, what would you say to someone like that? Who's a little nervous about doing a big, I mean, you've only been in the business for how long would you say? Two and a half, three years now. And you're already doing, you're working on a $4.4 million loan. <clears throat> you did a three and a half. Mm. I'm sure you've done a couple other big ones, right? Like yeah, I did a, a 1.35 million. this month and I've got a couple two millions going this month. Um, I, I think with that, it's just failure and the fear of failure. And if you're getting that scared, then you know you're on the right track. So mm-hmm. if you're not like with skating, if I wasn't scared of doing a trick or I wasn't putting myself in that position, I know I'm not going big enough and I'm not pushing myself to my full potential. Right. So the second you fear that you feel that fear rather than retreating, you know, that's where I need to go because that's a good sign. If I'm scared of that, then that's a good sign that I'm probably hmm. pushing myself in the right direction. Right. And I shouldn't retreat and go back to what's comfortable. Interesting. So, you don't Some people, though, <laughs> fear is a, is a, is actually like a. Uh, I forget what it is. Paralyzing. <laughs> no, but but I think I've heard someone say this. Like fear is. It's a what was it in our last podcast? He was saying, I think he was saying like fear is a self defense mechanism, so that you don't you know you don't kill yourself or you don't like, right? Like if someone doesn't have that fear. Jill. Yeah, maybe it was Jill. Psychologist. But like it's it's kind of like you know keep you alive back. Yeah, you, yeah. You, well, but it's we fear don't of need... the unknown is what it is. Right. If you never think about what it could be, right? You're thinking about what could go wrong. Because that's, that's where the so, fear that saved from. us, you know, from you know walking into a lion's den. Like, hey, yeah. what's going on in here? Hey, it's it's. You have a million dollar loan, <laughs> <laughs> and then they all eat you. And yeah. you're like, oh. But you know, like, or going too close to an edge, right? Because you yeah. could fall or whatever. So there's mm-hmm. there's reasons when you should listen to your fear, right? It's but, good fear and bad fear, right? Course. And you that's want, weighing the the risk versus reward. So well. yeah, so I think that's partly what it is 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 like risk tolerance and you know and the confidence and building that. And then I think by you skating at a young age and not hurting when you fall, you build I up. Definitely some, got hurt. <laughs> well, well, you were saying like you were you're smaller, right? And so you didn't hurt as bad as some people. You learned how to fall as well. Yeah, exactly. I wonder if that helped. You know, like some of your fear, it, it just just. I think it does, 100%. Um, yeah. Like, so, some of the stuff is so painful that I went through that I know nothing else could ever be that painful. So once <laughs> you get past that mark, it's like, oh, game on. Let's, let's yeah, go. Yeah, it's like, you know? if you've been shot, I've never been shot, but if you've been shot, <laughs> you probably, that's one of the most painful things I imagine, or like yeah. getting bit by a bullet ant or something. I heard it's really bad in like Costa Rica. I almost got, I was on a zip line one time and and we were climbing up, my whole family were climbing up this zip line and it wasn't the most nicest zip line. It kind of looked like like it could fall like over, a raggedy but like I had my hand up, you know, and there, and I looked over, and there's these ants, and this guy like smacked my hand. He's like, 
bullet ant, you know? Yeah. No, and then I looked it up later. I had no idea what it was. They'll I looked up bullet ants. out of you, man. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, God, that would have really sucked. And then another thing, just because I'm on the same topic, is we were in Costa Rica, and in this house that we were renting, there was scorpions. And yeah, I, Costa Rica has a bunch of them. And snakes, too. But, but like, I thought scorpions can kill you, not in Costa Rica. Mm. If you're in, like, the desert, probably, in, like, mm-hmm. Dubai or something, you might die from a scorpion. But in Costa Rica, mm-hmm. it feels like a, a bee sting or something like that. But. My buddy lived there forever. He actually moved there when we were... We grew up skating, and mm-hmm. he went, and he had, like, this little patch of cement that that's the only place he could skate on. And they built, like, a little stair set and stuff. He lived there for about three years and came back even better than he was and, like, was wow. destroying us all at contest. So it was super cool to see. That's cool. And that's what he'd tell me. He's like, I'd, he'd wake up with scorpions all the time and just pick them <laughs> up or, like, big snakes, like, eight foot ones in his pool or whatever. Jeez. I couldn't do it. I hate spiders myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just saw a tarantula the other day. It was it was scary. Yeah, I like <laughs> well, I was like walking up on a property in Julian because we were looking at some land, and I was like, "This is." And we saw and we saw him right in the path, and it was like the, like the size that you see in the movies, right? Like huge. I've seen dead ones like that when I've been mountain yeah. biking, but yeah. But you know, they'll I, they won't kill you. You know, they, they just look like they will kill you and yeah. eat you. you know? I hope not. <laughs> anyway, off topic, we totally went down a, a hole there. Um, so, uh, like, ha- talk to us about how, because you've only been in the business a couple years or two and a half years. Mm-hmm. When, like, when did you start click? When did it start clicking? You know, and and like when you when did you get your first big loan? And how did that? feel was it like riding your first big wave or dropping into your first big ramp like what was yeah talk to us about that um probably about like a year in because it takes a while to like one learn the language and yeah. have the conviction behind your voice to actually know what you're doing and not just be kind of like bsing and acting like you know and then yeah. run over to you and ask a question about what i'm supposed to say to this guy <laughs> right, right. but once you get to that point it was probably like a year mark and then Obviously, the first big loan you're terrified of because you think about what the commission check would be and if you're worthy or all that stuff. And then mm-hmm. you get it done. And then it's like, oh, that was very easy. That was simple. I, I want to do more of those. Did you imagine yourself closing it? Like, oh, you- 100%. I imagined the money in my account. I envisioned my, me writing the thank you um, email and handwritten note that I send out and the phone calls, hearing them all excited. The same thing with skating. If I'm scared of a trick or you're trying something new, you first envision yourself landing it, and if you don't believe you're going to land it, you're probably not going to do it. Mm-hmm. So if you don't believe and can envision yourself closing that loan, same thing goes. You're going to hit more road bumps. You're not going to be more equipped to overcome them. So mm-hmm. I'm a huge believer in envisioning it and acting like it's already happened. Like, I already closed that loan. Yeah. Time just hasn't caught up yet. Just don't spend the money yet. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> On your credit card, right? Yeah, yeah. You could spend it in your mind, I think. You know, like know what you want to buy. I and, guess so, yeah. But just envision what you want. Or don't tell your wife about the commission check or your I girlfriend. I don't have a wife, so. <laughs> that was one of the first things I think when I got in the mortgage business, someone was like, don't tell your wife about your commissions yeah, and okay, like so what's closing. Yeah, party though, I bring my girlfriend and you're over there and I'm like, what are you guys talking about? And he's like, oh, John's just telling me how much money you're going to be making. And I'm like... <laughs> Thanks, dude. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I can tell her. You yeah. don't. You can't tell her, because then she could be mad at me that you didn't. You know? yeah, yeah. But no, it was true. I, mean, I, don't, I, I don't know if you're li- if you're listening and you've had that happen to you. It's not great because deals fall out, and they do at the last second. Like, and your spouse just doesn't understand it as much as you do. Like, well, why? It's your fault. Like, what'd you do wrong? You know, whatever. 
so since like back in the 60s, 70s, you know, skaters were trying to find places to skate, like ditches, pools. We didn't have like rad skate parks like they do now. Mm-hmm. Like I, when I moved to San Diego, I was living up in uh, Bay Area, right? And there was, and, and, and really for me, I would just jump on a bus. I was like 12, 13 years old. My parents had no clue where I was going. They didn't even know that I was leaving town. I, but I saved up some change and I got jumped on a bus with my buddy. We went... We caught the BART, went to San Francisco. I was like probably 13, maybe 13. Little. I was still tiny, too. Yeah. I probably looked like I was 10, you know, and I, and I had my board and, and, and looking for places to skate. And like back down in San Francisco, there's these cool, like rampy things that were like part it's of the landscape. Too. San Francisco is great. Spot. Yeah. And, but like you know, we would look in tireless, tirelessly. We would we'd go in people's backyards that we trespassed to find pools that were empty. You'd hear about mm-hmm. it. You'd go find ditches and like water reservoirs. Um, you know now, you know now people can just get dropped off by their mom at the skate park. You know. Mm-hmm. But back to like thinking about finding and being someone who's looking for something to skate and like, do you think you can? Do you, I, I, have you ever done that? Have you ever experienced that where you had to like go like find? That's still what it is today I mean mm-hmm. the skate park's a great breeding ground to learn the tricks you eventually want to take to those same spots that you and all your buddies were doing at 13 I mean right. that's the same way when I was 10 or even 7 I was out on my own doing whatever I wanted kind of my mom wasn't really around so it's easier for me but um yeah, it's always being creative and finding that spot and about filming is you want to film on the gnarliest spot or the spot that it looks the most creative. So it's still 100% that. No one films a part at the skate park. Mm-hmm. No one's going to want to watch it. But right. It's perfect to learn that trick that you're going to take out in industry. So I think the harder part with you guys is that you didn't have that nice little breeding ground plaza. Yeah. That's why you see these 13-year-olds just killing it now. Yeah, they're they just bred on these skate parks just... Right. Becoming robots. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, I can do a 720 kickflip. Yeah. Nolly. Stuff whatever. that would have taken us forever. <laughs> <laughs> Stale fish crab, whatever they, they call yeah. them now. Yeah. But um, do you think that like you can take that same mindset into looking for new ways to get business in mortgages? Like, 100% I do. I mean, with skating, it was like to the point where when you're on a bus or in a car, I don't even know if you still have this, but I definitely do. Your mind just picks up on little things like, oh, that'd be so cool to like do something like this, like create a like little skate thing. So mm-hmm. I think the more you're in the industry, you know, as long as you're open to it, you're going to see those little areas and be like, oh, that, that would be like a really creative way hmm. of going and getting a lead. So I think as long as you're that. open to it, you'll see them. I used to do that when I was first in the mortgage business. I would drive around and I would look for just signs like just mm-hmm. built businesses whether it's cpa business law mm-hmm. you know uh, tax things Did you say you went to a yacht guy or something yeah. and got a box of leads from yeah 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 a boat a boat place yeah and i just would do that kind of thing where you're saying like you're riding in a bus or, in a, or on a, in a car and you're just looking out the window like oh you know i could skate that or i could do this mm-hmm. i think that's just it's just being open-minded or having just like creativity in your thinking and just trying to find, like I, I was telling this guy at the conference, I was like, you know, when you drive, a lot of people go on autopilot, right? Like they're just driving. A lot of people are yeah. checking their texts and they're driving. They know where they're going. They've been there a million times. And you and forget where you even went. Yeah. <laughs> and you just drive, you're like, you wait, you're, you're there and you're like, wow, I, shoot, you don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. But I was saying, try to take a day and just think and look 
and and look at businesses when you drive by them because mm-hmm. reality is there's so many businesses that could refer you business and mm-hmm. you don't you know you don't a lot of a lot of times we just wait for something to happen to us but if you have that mentality when you're looking out you know watching other skaters watching what they're doing you're not just on autopilot you're like you're you know you're you're and part of that comes back to i think passion about like wanting to to, to it does right? come back to passion and i think it could be hard to be passionate about looking for more leads as far as they're looking for new spots to get creative with with skating mm-hmm. but um i think it's definitely just what you said it's being open-minded to it like think about how many different possibilities you've just driven right by yeah because you're not even open to seeing that yeah so um, and like same way as landing a trick like if you landed a great referral source that um, that's something i mean that's that's money right that's like that's freedom like if you if you have someone referring you business and you don't have to go out and buy it or you don't have to go out and hustle for it but someone's just handing you leads because you you did something creative and different that's there's something to that there's something really cool to that i think 100 it gives you the same feeling as landing that trick so you probably tried like countless times where you got maybe you're lucky and get it right off the bat but usually you're going to have that same failure learn from it and then you nail it right and, and stoked. <laughs> I think now with technology too I mean like with our phones right if you just go into like a map right let's just say you go to Google Maps um, and you just typed in private private lenders right Google Maps private lenders and then you could just literally jeez <clears throat> there's I, I see red dots kind of all over the place even in my right here where we're at Let's call him. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this person, APM. So, I mean, there, there's a few of them, like, the, right here that, like, you could go get business from, probably. You know, just... Easily. Yeah. And, and we would have not thought to do that if you were just checking your email all day. But if you mm. if you make a list, maybe a whiteboard, like, ways I can get business, right? You just list it down, one, two, three, four, five, and make, make it a point to go out and try to find referral sources. Maybe start, you know, with a blank board and, and then do a Google search for you know CPAs or you know whatever it might be and then write it down on your board and then drive around look at some spots and see if there's anything creative that you could walk in I think part of it you have to be able to overcome the fear of walking in to a, a business and cold call them which will get easier though you're not going to nail it the first time it's like yeah. with the skating thing you're going to look like an idiot the first time <laughs> so walk but. into Walmart and ask them for loans yeah <laughs> and go to Costco and ask them for loans and then fail on the places that you know aren't going to give you loans yeah. And then go into, then go into a CPA or go into like tax. You know, mm. I, I bet you self-employed tax attorneys or CPAs would give you the best, some of the best if you can find them. You know, I remember Jack Smith. That, that's how he got all his leads from were CPAs, and I thought that was brilliant. No one knows that their taxes are poop <laughs> better than the CPA is. So. Yeah. And they know that they know that they're obviously making money. Otherwise they wouldn't be able to afford to pay that CPA because yeah, the yeah. CPAs aren't cheap, mm-hmm. especially the good ones. So if you go to a high end CPA and they're like, Oh, this guy has, you know, hardly any income on his tax returns because he's got smart investments and mm-hmm. he, he knows the, the right, you know, tax code to, you know, to be able to do it. <clears throat> you know, let me, let me put out a good word or let me email him, see if he's looking for a refi or, you know, looking to buy a house. They also know if they rent, you know, they know that, mm-hmm. you know, they're just renting right now, but they're spending a lot of money in rent, you know, and, and that would be a good way to get, get the business. Um, 
what would you contribute to your success to skating? Example, being at the right place at the right time, being submerged in the culture, developing your own style. Like, what would you contribute your success to with, with your skateboarding? Um, I don't know. Like, it was one of those things that was very natural for me. So that was definitely... I had a little advantage there, but um, definitely right place, right time, 100%, being open to it, being respectful. Um, Mm -hmm. Got a lot of my sponsors that way, and then before you know it, I had like eight sponsors, and I didn't even know how I got them all, but... That that would have been probably something not easy to do, because... You know, there's a lot of people that can put stuff on YouTube. So the, you have to be good. You have to be able to stand out. And then mm. you probably, like you said, respectful. So did you have to ever ask like, hey, I want to be sponsored? Or did, did they just come to you? Or was it like, did you actually have to like work towards getting sponsored? Yeah, of course. I mean, a lot of stuff would be, even if you go to like ASR um, or somewhere and you're doing a demo and there's a bunch of booths around with a lot of companies and so they you see you them. at the booth, you could go to the booth and say, hey, I love you guys' this company. I, I wear your shoes. I do whatever. Right. Here's my tape or whatever. Um, yeah. So definitely. So you had to pitch yourself. You had to a actually. Bit, yeah, but if you're if you're good, they probably already heard of you, and mm-hmm. the pitch is a little bit easier. Right. But um, now it's a lot a lot different than when I was growing up, for sure. It was a lot more contest oriented. Not mm-hmm. so much contest oriented anymore at all for getting sponsors. Is it more followers and stuff like that now? I don't even know so much followers. I think it's just filming and putting out like really good parts and doing crazy stuff and then obviously the followers come with that if you're doing good you're not going to not have followers if you're bad and posting this crazy stuff yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah you're hurting yourself all the time yeah (laughs) i just cracked my head open broke my arm yeah back in four months guys (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's true so um what what uh you know, we talked a little about not really being failure, but kind of failure in a, in a way like, you know, learning how to land a trick and it's not, you know, it's, it's a lot of ways not to land the trick, but, um, I always ask, you know, our, our, uh, our guests, what's your favorite failure? Because, it, you know, if you look at it in a way of what's the thing that taught you the most, or what's the, was it maybe that, that trick that you missed the 14 steps because then you had four months to just think about it. Well, you know, what, what was your favorite failure? that happened to you um, where you like learned something I don't like them I don't like any of them no, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, that's a hard question um, I've had a lot of failures I think everybody has um, failing my loan officer test was a bad one I even know if you guys were going to hire me anyway. <laughs> but, we almost um, didn't your <laughs> hair was too long <laughs> but you know it's like um you, I think you, you, there was something about you, you know, you were very uh, persistent and, you know, you, I could tell you would, you know, you were going to be successful. So, mm-hmm. uh, but so yeah, failing your test and you just went and did it again and you passed. I mean, yeah, I think just from growing up skating and doing everything like that, it, you look at failure a little bit differently. It's almost like it, it fuels your fire and, right. and you just want to complete that task as quickly as possible. So, um, I don't know, but like the hard flip was a good one. That one felt really good. I, I think they're all kind of equal. I don't think I have one that really sticks out, mm-hmm. but um, it's just the terrifying feeling of going back to what you just failed at and accomplishing it. It's um, such a huge. It's just such like a rush. Yeah. 
it's like adrenaline. It's, it's like yeah. the best feeling in the world. It's such, such a natural high. It's right. great. <laughs> you don't want to fail at skydiving. That's the one. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, Probably people do. Probably won't get to try that one again. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, people do fail at that, and that's not a good thing. But we don't want to end on a down note. So let's, uh, let's, let's show a video of John John, Jay South here, doing some tricks on the, on the YouTube video. Um, because... It's impressive. It's mm-hmm. awesome. And the fact that you took what you learned in skating and then applied it to being a, a loan officer is, mm-hmm. is cool. It's, I just think it's cool. And I have some similarities, in, I think, in the way I think, it too, you know, with doing loans and wanting to do better or wanting to, to be innovative in, in mortgages and, and stuff like that. So it's awesome. Anything, any last things you want to leave with us? No, I think just keep going after what you want to do. Um, don't be afraid of failure mm-hmm. and envision yourself and have a plan to where you want to get within that vision. The plan's everything. If you can envision it, you don't have the plan, you're not going to believe it. In the plan, you believe it, you envision it, you're not afraid of the failure, you're going to find a way to get there. Do you, do you, have you ever seen The Secret? I have seen The Secret, yeah. You know, some people think it's cheesy, but honestly, I think it's there's something about use it. it, though. So a lot of people are like, oh, I'm just going to sit here and think about Mercedes all day and it's going right. to fall on my lap. But right. that's why you don't have the plan. If you don't have the plan, you don't have the belief and then yep. you don't have any of the groundwork to get you. I think it's just a motivational tool than anything. Yeah. And I, I believe in the vision boards and the I mean, it, that stuff's happened. Like, you know, I put vision stuff in my vision board and it and it's happened and. And I still have a vision board to this day. It's in my closet. I, I see too. it every day. Yeah. You know, and you, I think if more than anything, if you don't have a target, you're not going to ever hit it. You, you have don't to have even a target. know how to get there necessarily at first. Right. But as long as you know where you want to be and you at least take 10 minutes of time to start going, that's the hardest part. It's just initiating right. it. Then, well, I think in, any, in anything that's ever been accomplished that's great, someone had to draw it out first or someone had to envision not reinventing it. the wheel. No. <laughs> right? It, but, yeah. but people invent the wheel because they they envisioned it and they thought about it and they and they they had to get get there somewhere somehow so i think there's something to the having vision having a plan and then executing it that's that's Mm -hmm. good you know i'm glad that you've seen that that i had to that's what i did with skating and then i was naturally already doing that without even knowing it yeah because every trick i did if i envisioned myself landing it and i believed i was gonna land it i landed it 99 percent of the time yeah and you watch a video like that and you're like this is spot on i've yeah. been doing something like that i should put this into other areas of my life that's a so. cool cool thing to have as like a fundamental part of the way you think you know i don't yeah. think i don't think everyone thinks that way i think it's hard for a lot of people too as well yeah i naturally was already doing that so that was really cool to back it up i guess but, yeah and take um, it into another industry and take it into exactly. your, your career and all that that's yeah. that's awesome so so listeners do that have a vision have a plan <laughs> execute and hit subscribe and like and also we want to know your 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 feedback so give us some comments and if you have any questions or if you have any guests that you'd love to he- have on our you know our podcast or if you'd like to be a guest on our podcast definitely send us an email to to our awesome producer Jace, uh JT, John T. I produce as well. Jay South. <laughs> Jay South. <laughs> Jay South. You do it all. No. I did I did was impressed on how well you shot the basketball too. I was like, God, this guy's good at everything. I win everything. I know. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thanks for watching. See you on the next podcast. 
Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you guys are looking for more content like this, we have a Fun Loans YouTube channel where we give away more tips, secrets, and origination ideas. You can also email us at info at funloans.com. And if you've made it this far, I think it's safe to say you like our content. So please subscribe, share, and send us your scenarios. Let's Fun Loans together. Thank you.